From the African American Public Radio Consortium, it's a matter of your health. It's a matter of your health. The 30 minute radio show that gives you information and educates you on healthy living. Here's your host, board certified physician, and hypertension specialist, Dr. Vita Bland. Today, we're pleased to welcome to our microphones Dr. Annette Bay. Dr. Bay is the medical director of Guilford County in Greensboro, North Carolina, and she is a graduate of Howard's Medical School. Dr. Bay, thank you so much for being with us. Well, thank you for having me. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. And Dr. Bay, I know that we are talking about a target that is moving, but we want to talk about COVID and get a Update on what's going on with COVID. Now, what is your interpretation of the status of COVID in this country? Well, we could always look at the CDC COVID data tracker and we can find the actual numbers of people who have been vaccinated, people who are partially vaccinated. And um, we can also look at that tracker and it'll tell us a little bit about um, testing. So in the country, as far as vaccination goes, about 48% have had at least one dose of vaccine. However, you are not fully vaccinated until you've had two doses. If you've had a Pfizer vaccine or the Moderna or one dose of the Johnson and Johnson. And so people who have reached that point in this country, that percentage point is about 38% fully vaccinated. And when we look at different age groups, we'll see more vaccinated people in the older population, the population of individuals that are greater than 65 years old. That was the population that we initially, as along with healthcare workers, started to vaccinate primarily, and they were the priority. And so they have fully vaccinated rates closer to 70%. Wow. Are you disappointed that the other groups have not been as interested in getting their vaccination? It's a little disappointing that we have not reached very high vaccination rates for other ages in our populations, particularly with the younger age, because we still see a higher number of positive cases of the virus in the age groups from 25 to 49. So at this point in this pandemic, everyone greater than 12 years of age and up can get vaccinated. I truly hope more people will get vaccinated, especially the younger people. I think it will open up a lot of more doors for us. And as we talk about that, and I will say that as of this date, there have been some changes in the mask recommendations from CDC. I don't know about you, but it knocked me off my feet when I first heard about it. Can you give us an update on that and, you know, help us understand what's going on with that? Okay, so let's talk a little bit about these new uh, recommendations that came down from the CDC last week. And what was a little um, concerning was that when we tell 
communities that you can stop wearing masks as the first sentence when we're giving recommendation, I don't think that they hear the rest of the information. Because when we talk about masks and and not wearing masks, we have to talk about people who are fully vaccinated. And as we spoke moments ago, in this country, only about less than 40% of people at this point have the status of fully vaccinated. So we must always remember when we talk about not wearing your mask and we talk about um, not adhering to strictly to social distancing, we're talking about fully vaccinated people. And again, we're talking about 40%, less than 40% of our population. So the new guidelines said that if you are fully vaccinated, you can gather with others who are also vaccinated, but also who may not be vaccinated. And you can be indoors or outdoors in public spaces and so that you would not need to wear a mask or stay six feet apart. If you are exposed to someone who um, is infected, you don't have to quarantine. So those recommendations really are new and and kind of different for us as a population. But it's just like when you have rules and regulations, rules apply to certain people. And these rules apply to people who are fully vaccinated. So then if you're not fully vaccinated, we would encourage you to get vaccinated. And now everybody greater than 12 years old can get vaccinated because if you're not fully vaccinated, you still need to wear a mask. You still uh, need to social distance. Everybody should hand sanitize as much as you can, frequently as you can in good respiratory etiquette. And also, if you are, um, if, if you're not fully um, vaccinated, you should avoid mass gatherings, large crowds. And even when you're fully vaccinated, it probably would be a good idea to avoid those kinds of kinds of settings. Well, how do we know somebody is or is not vaccinated? It seems like, you know, we're being asked to truck. Right. That's a very good question because there's really, there is no way to know someone's vaccination status because we don't have um, cards that we'll ask people to present and we don't wear bracelets that say fully vaccinated. So it's really hard to um, to know. So you're basically depending on people's behavior. And that's a little concerning because we had such a difficult time just asking people to wear masks at 100% in this country. So it's going to be very difficult to determine who is vaccinated and who is not. You know, when I talk to people, the majority of people that I talk to state that they're going to continue to wear their mask. People feel comfortable with their mask and they don't feel comfortable without their mask at this point in time. And I would not have a problem with that, frankly. And in some counties and some areas in the United States, people are still wearing masks and waiting to see what happens going forward with opening up 
the restaurants, decreasing the the limits on capacity, and just see what what happens in that setting. Because right now in North Carolina, as far as the county is concerned, we're still waiting before we make a full determination that we are going to accept without um, modification the CDC recommendations. And also don't forget that hospital settings, conjugate living settings, which are like long-term care facilities, um, jails and prisons and schools, they're still are under mass requirements. They still are under um, social distancing requirements indoors. So everyone in every state is not totally on board with um, removing masses. And it is, I feel, appropriate because we know, number one, as we spoke about, how do we know who's fully vaccinated? We have no way of knowing. And, And number two, the percent of people who in the country who are vaccinated is way under 50%. So you would be in a good company if you did, if you decide that you're going to continue to, to wear your mask and, and social distance, that would not, I, I would think that would be a good decision. What do you think about people still wearing gloves? Do you think people need to continue to wear gloves? Gloves are worn in certain circumstances and, and depending on what type of activity you're, you're engaged in. Because if you're in, engaged in an activity where you are handling bloodborne, um, because there are bloodborne pathogens that can be found um, in blood. So if you're handling that type of waste on a um, daily basis, so it depends on what type of activity that you're engaged in. Gloves are are discouraged if you are not handling something that's infectious because it gives you a false sense of security and sometimes people will stop washing their hands or wash wash their hands less frequently. So un- unless you are handling something that's infected, you probably should not routinely wear, wear gloves. Um, hand washing is what is really encouraged for us all to um, engage in. Okay. And I, I ask that question because I see people who still come to my office decked out in gloves and mask and everything. And I wanted to make sure that they knew that they probably didn't need to wear the gloves you know, for everything. When they go to the grocery store, they're wearing gloves and things like that. And I think in the beginning, before we knew more, that's what people were doing. But now that is not necessary. Is that correct? I don't think it's necessary, but people do things for their level of comfort, but it's not necessary because number one, if you are truly trying to protect yourself, that means you got to continue to change your gloves. So gloves are what are considered, um, personal protective equipment. So you are really using up a lot of personal protective equipment and you may not necessarily need it in that sense because in then two situations, if you keep them on, then you're totally defeating the purpose because all you're doing is transferring any type of contaminant that you may have come in contact with, right? So that that's not good. And then if you keep changing them, then you're burning PPE, which may not be necessary, where in the situation in the grocery store where you can just hand sanitize 
um, wipe down areas and um, probably do yourself just as well as as wearing gloves all the time. So I would not encourage wearing gloves. Like again, it really depends on the type of activity that you're engaging in, in a, in a hospital setting or in a work setting. Um, but just going to the grocery stores or coming to doctor's office because you're, all you're doing is transferring whatever bacteria or germs you may have on your glove to frequently touch handles when you open the door, when you pick up a pen. So un- unless you're changing them every time, there you really are probably defeating the purpose that you're trying to protect yourself from germs where you probably should just hand sanitize, wash your hands as frequently as you can when when you can have warm water and soap or hand sanitize, you would probably do yourself just as well. All righty. We're very pleased today to have as our guest, Dr. Annette Bay. Dr. Bay is the medical director for Guilford County in North Carolina. She is a graduate of Howard University School of Medicine. Now, Dr. Bay, we talked briefly about, um, you know, we wanted everybody to get up to that 70% of people who have had the uh, um, their vaccine, that quote unquote herd immunity. I'm starting to hear that, you know, we maybe need to look at some different terms than that. You're in public health. Help me with that, please. Well, herd, herd immunity is a condition that the community reaches when you have a certain number of people in the population who have recovered from a, a disease that has developed and have they have developed their protective antibodies against a particular infection. That's one way that you can reach what's called herd immunity with a vaccine. And that's why we're encouraging people to have a vaccine because we will have a substantial proportion of the population once you're vaccinated then we are lowering the overall amount of virus that's able to spread in the whole population. So, and that's why we would like to get way above 50% of people um, vaccinated for, for COVID. But again, we're still learning more about this virus and how it's going to behave. So even with the numbers that we're seeing right now, and that's why some scientists felt that there was reason to sort of relax on some of our um, requirements, public health requirements, because when we look at things like the hospitalization numbers, when we look at things like the um, severe disease, when we look at um, death rates, all those metrics seem to be dropping a bit slowly, but they seem to be going in that right direction. So they seem to be going in the direction of number of positive cases that are coming out to be below um, 5%. But I think nationally, we all have to look at what's happening in our own individual states. And that comes back to why some people still feel that they are comfortable continuing to wear their mask, continuing to distance Because if you're in a state that has a low vaccination rate, if you're in a state that still has a very high positivity rate, meaning that you're still seeing a lot of positive cases, then you would be making a good decision to continue with mask wearing and continue with social distancing. Because we are not at that point where we can say the we're decreasing the amount of of virus that's in the um community because we have a high vaccination rate. We are not at that point 
yet. So we cannot really talk about that concept of herd immunity, not not at this point, but we still can continue with public health measurements. We can still encourage people and everyone now, everyone over except for, for young children, children, everyone 12 years and older is now 81, 12 years and older is a candidate to be vaccinated. Unless you have some medical situation that you have discussed with your private medical doctor, which um, made you not a candidate to get vaccinated, but we're encouraging everyone who can to become vaccinated. Okay. You know, that's an interesting point. Now, what are those things that someone would not get vaccinated? Could you help me with that, please? Someone that probably has had a a severe um, reaction to any component that's in the um, the vaccine, 81 who's had a, a anaphylactic reaction where you had severe respiratory problems, severe reaction, itching, swelling, those kinds of um, the severity of some of the reactions that we do see with the, the vaccine. If you've had that kind of reaction, people who have or have had reactions to a vaccine in the past probably should have a good discussion with their PCP, their um, provider of healthcare, to determine what their own particular risks are to um, getting vaccinated. And then you have to weigh the positives and the negatives for getting um, vaccinated. And uh, with the understanding that even when you do become vaccinated, the vaccines were studied to not to say that no one would ever get the virus, but it was the endpoints for the study to for its efficacy was to set, to show that it would decrease if you did become infected, decrease death, decrease um, severity of disease, decrease hospitalization. So always have a discussion. If you have a particular medical situation, do have a conversation with your provider of, of health care and to help you make that decision to, to um, do what is best for your particular circumstance. Dr. Bay, recently, as you said, they've um, lowered the rate or uh, the age that you can get your shots now to 12. Have you guys seen a surge of vaccination since the uh, age has been lowered? In in our county here in, in North Carolina, in Guilford County, we have seen a little bit of an uptick in the number of vaccinated appointment, vaccine appointments. We have experienced that. But overall, over several weeks, we have seen a decrease in the number of people making appointments for for vaccination. But now with the age range of adding ages 12 to 15, we're seeing somewhat of an uptick in the um, appointments for for vaccine. And what's also important, not only for the, the younger ages, 12 to 15, we want to catch them up with their Standard immunizations, their, their DTAP and their meningococcal immunizations, and there has been evidence that we can catch them up also at the same time to vaccinate them for, for COVID safely. Wow, that would be great to get them caught up. That would be absolutely great. Now, I know you don't have a crystal ball, but I want to ask you anyway. I think the study should be coming out in September about down to six months of age. When we look at our school population, do you think that's an important group to get it? Which population? I didn't I didn't hear that part of your question. Okay, so they're going they're doing studies now down to six months of age and they are predicting that we're going to be 
getting the results of these studies in um, the fall. When we look at this age group and when we look at these school children in particular, do you think it's a very important that they get their immunizations or, or, or what? You know, and I know we don't have the recommendations for it as of yet, but just looking at your little crystal ball, what do you think? Well, I think that when we're looking at getting a, a large percent of, the, of our total population um, vaccinated, it's going to be important because children make up of all ages about 25 or so plus or minus percent of, of a total population in the country. So if you think of it just in terms of, of numbers, that's going to be um, an important percent to add to the uh, percent vaccinated. So that would be um, an, that population is an, an important piece. And we do see um, a number of positive um, cases in the younger age groups that are in the daycare age range. So that age, we do see um, increased number of um, positive cases and the children that are in the kindergarten age to second grade age, we don't see as much at percentage wise for um, positive cases and, and transmission in, in that age group. So when overall, looking at the total picture, they do make up a percent of the population that it would be important to have a portion um, vaccinated if we can, if we if it is shown that the, the safety profile still is maintained for that age group, then it would be important for them to also to be to be vaccinated. But there would still be the issue that we do have, even with the older age groups and even with adults, that hesitancy in vaccinating your young child, particularly when parents may feel that this is something that is new and we don't have, they don't have for their comfort level enough information to go ahead and vaccinate their 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 young child. Another topic that I'd like your help with, there's talk about there are going to be a booster needed. Any, any thoughts on that or, or what is the data on that at this point? The data is still evolving as it regards to boosters. So right now we do know that when we're vaccinated, we are, we are producing antibodies, which would last uh, a certain number of months. Um, and provide that type of protection and efficacy for what we just spoke about. However, there are variants which we have become aware of that are now circulating um, in in the population from the UK, Brazil, um, South Africa, and California. So so these variants, because because they they exist, there may be need for... um, additional boosters, but we don't really know. We're still learning how this will affect our lives going further and what's going to happen in the fall again when the flu season starts. So as we get vaccinated for flu, we may still have to get another vaccination for uh, COVID, but it just depends on the behavior of the virus as we live through this um, year number two, starting in, starting our second year. 
Well, we have been very pleased to have at our microphones today, Dr. Annette Bay. She is the medical director for Guilford County in North Carolina. Dr. Bay is a graduate of Howard University School of Medicine. Dr. Bay, what parting words would you like to leave with us? I would recommend that people who have hesitancy or have some concerns about the vaccine, try to, as much as you can, read the scientific information that's out there about the vaccine and then talk about it with someone who is knowledgeable and someone that you trust because it's important that we become fully vaccinated. That's going to be one of the most important layer when, when we talked about layers of public health um, actions that we that we were using to fight this pandemic. And the vaccine is the being vaccinated is one of the most important ways that we can fight this um, this virus at this point. Okay. Well, Dr. Bay, I, I thank you so much for your time. I hope people will listen and understand that this uh, is still a very serious thing. You know, this is a still right. very serious problem. It is still a pandemic. It's still a pandemic. Absolutely. And that's if I can't get anything across, it is still a pandemic. Three W's are still appropriate also, but vaccination, vaccines, very important in this fight. We're still in it. You're right. We're still in it. We're still fighting. And I think we're going to be fighting for a, a lot longer. Thank you, yes, Dr. ma'am. A graduate of Howard University, Dr. Annette Bay. Thank you for listening to It's a Matter of Your Health, the 30-Minute Health Magazine on your local public radio station. We also invite you to visit our website at www dot drblandradio.com again www.drblandradio.com there you will find past episodes of our show and you can see my weekly columns that I write for the newspaper you are invited to like our show on Facebook simply search dr bland radio to find our page. Thanks for supporting this public radio station and listening to It's a Matter of Your Health, the 30-Minute Health Magazine. It's a matter of your health. It's a matter of your health. The 30-Minute Radio Show with Dr. Vita Bland is brought to you by the African-American Public Radio Consortium, NPR Distribution, and the Public Radio Satellite System. 